it, it sort of, for me, it sort of feels like I've fetishized jealousy in a way. Now, I, I don't know if that's even the right way to put it, but it, it just, I feel like it's sort of a similar feeling to when I used to feel jealous at times, but because there's, there's definitely an anxiousness, anxiousness when Michelle is out on a date. Um, you know, waiting to hear what happens and, and all of that if I'm not there. Um, but it turns into a, you know, a huge positive, not, not, not a fight. <laughs> Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their fascinating stories. We strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy approach to non-monogamy. However, it's important to remember that everyone does it a little bit differently, and the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect our own. Additionally, we produce this show for entertainment purposes only. Please be aware that we aren't doctors or therapists. Consult the medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on the show. Enjoy! Welcome to episode 252. We're Finn and Emma, and today we have an interview with Michelle and Ron. This is a wide-ranging and super fun conversation. They've been together about 10 years and non-monogamous for around three, and Hold on for this one. Yeah, this is super fun. I, I want to just say a huge thank you in advance to both of them for coming on. We talk about so many different things, as Emma said, a, a, a lot of which, not a lot of which, but a good chunk of which is around pregnancy and what happened to their dynamic and their relationship just in general uh, through pregnancy. And it's actually a really incredible story. And so we're touched uh, to, have, to be able to share it. And as you can tell, we have a pretty good rapport with these two. Uh, it was just a fun and easy conversation. And so I feel an obligation to apologize at the beginning. Apologize for what? Well, for calling Michelle a tramp. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you'll, you'll, yeah. have to, you'll have to listen to when we get to that part. Uh, I felt like we were there. I think, <laughs> I think we were there. She didn't seem too offended. But for anybody listening who is... You meant it in in all good in good fun. That's right. I whenever I call people tramps, it is it is <laughs> never tramp shaming. How about that? So the point is a huge thank you to Michelle and Ron for coming on the podcast, sharing your story, and we're excited to get this out there. We also wanted to give a huge shout out, thank you to all of our premium subscribers. And for all of you, we're going to jump right into the interview with Michelle and Ron now. And for the rest of you, we're going to run through what a premium subscriber is is and a few other community announcements before jumping into the interview. So first up, the premium subscription. This is something that we launched just a couple of weeks ago as a way to give you an option to skip these announcements, skip the community announcements, or maybe you're already a Patreon subscriber and you don't want to hear about it again. Well, Patreon subscribers get the premium subscription for free and everybody else, you can sign up and you get to choose your price for as low as $2 a year. So it doesn't get a whole lot cheaper than that. And that lets you skip the ads and support the show. And you get to feel warm and fuzzy inside and feel good about yourself. Links to sign up are in your podcast player or in the podcast show notes, which you can find on our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com. Our next announcement is our next virtual meet and greet is coming up on September 27th. We actually just had another one last night and it was amazing. Well, last night from the day we're recording. Oh, last week, I should say. Last, last week, week in real time. But it was amazing. Like you said, we had over... We had almost 50 people. We had between 45 and 50 people, and it was fantastic. This is our biggest one yet, and so we're growing, and these are super exciting. And they're open to anybody. 
Yeah, the requirement to join a meet and greet are just that you are just that you are open-minded and respectful. That's it. So go to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com, click on the events tab and sign up there. And the last thing we wanted to talk about in our intro today is one last community announcement. And actually, we're not going to talk about it much because we had an amazing testimonial sent in from one of our OG patrons who is <laughs> a part of just about everything we do. He shows up with either himself or his partner or partners and is always an incredible and supportive member of the men's group, the main group and everything we do. So a huge thank you to you, Jason, and your partner and your partners for, for all you do. And so we're going to play Jason's testimonial and then we're going to jump into the show. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can send us an email, send us a voicemail over on our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com. Click on the contact us tab. There are ways to do either a voicemail or an email, and we would love to hear from you. So now a little bit from Jason, and then we're going to jump into the interview. And we'll see you on the other side. I am in Shen. It's Jason from New Mexico. First off, I just want to tell you thank you for all the things that you've done with the podcast and the community that you're building have built and are expanding. It's really inspirational and has become an important part of my life. See, I grew up in a very fundamental religious setting. And years ago, I had to leave when I began to realize that among other things, I'm a queer ethical non-monogamist. My views of the world and my views of myself made me no longer welcome in the community that I'd grown up in. Over time, I began to realize that while I didn't miss the negative parts of my previous community, there were things that I did miss. I missed the sense of belonging and the sense of camaraderie and the ability to be the person that I am in an accepting environment. Fast forward many years and I begin to embrace and explore who I am. I longed for a community where I could have those things. I guess I longed for my tribe. And then I found you, you, your community. I joined the Patreon about a year and a half ago, and it's been amazing. But I do have um, regrets. But that regret is that I didn't join your, the community sooner. This community gives me a place where I can be authentic. I can support and be supported in my E&M journey. I can jump on calls and commiserate with people in similar situations, literally from all over the world. I have vacations planned to connect in real life with people that I've only met online. I love the men's group uh, calls and chats and the virtual meet and greets and the Q&A sessions. They're fun. This community is not just about E&M relationships either. We talk about food and hobbies and works, dreams and our goals, successes and failures, whether real or perceived, really. We talk about our pets and our kids and other podcasts and books, bikes, trikes, planes and trains. I've made, I've made friends who are just like me that believe that I believe will be in my life for a very long time. So I encourage everyone, regardless of your relationship style or situation, to join this community if you're looking for a place to be authentically yourself. You will only regret not having done so sooner. 
a huge, huge, huge thank you to Jason for all of your involvement in the community, all of the amazing words that you just shared with us, and just for being an, a badass, amazing human. And so if you want to hang out with other people like Jason, uh, head over to our website again, normalizingnonmonogamy.com. Click on the Patreon tab and you will find out how to join there. And we would love to have you. And now, as we promised, we're jumping into the conversation here with Michelle and Rob. Let's go. Boy, well, let's get into this. Welcome to the podcast, Michelle and Ron. We're excited to have you here and excited to laugh and share. So uh, thank you for being here. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. Yeah, it's really good to be here. Yeah. Well, you're up past your bedtime and we're up before we normally get up because of COVID. So... Thank you for doing that. Thank you for staying. Well, actually, no, the time changes because we're really far well, apart. I understand the time changes <laughs> because of COVID. Yeah, we, we had to socially distance across 17 times. The zone. way you said that was not clear. <laughs> anyway, we'd love for you two to start by introducing yourself at whatever level you're comfortable. Sure. Um, so my name's Michelle, and I... Um, how old am I? 37. I have to, you have to keep reminding me. Um, and we live in Melbourne, Australia, but Americans. Um, so we moved here uh, about eight years ago and we have, well, we've been together. How long have we been together? Well, we've been married eight and a half, eight and a half years together, (laughs) 10 years. And, um, yeah, we've, been sort of exploring, uh, let's call it ethical non-monogamy for the last three years or so. Yeah. Ron? Awesome. Well, <laughs> fact, did he fact check you completely? Are you, is she right? Uh, mostly. I, we've, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's probably 11 years that we've been together actually okay. now, um, okay. but you know, <laughs> close enough, close enough. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Rounding error. Right, yeah. Well, she rounded down from 11 to 10. At least she didn't round up to 20. <laughs> any any other important details she missed, Ron? Um, well, I don't know, but um, I'm Ron. I'm, uh, I turned 40 in, in two weeks, actually. So that's exciting. an exciting one. Um, awesome. Happy birthday. Thank you. Uh, I mean, basically everything that she said, right? So yes. uh, we've been practicing ethical non-monogamy together. For the same amount of time. And we also moved here together to Australia. So <laughs> we, we should probably add that we have three young kids also. Nice. So that can sometimes um, make, you know, going out in the dating world and practicing ethical non-monogamy sometimes challenging. Um, but I think we realize that it's quite important to us and something that we quite enjoy a lot. So we try to make it work. Yeah. Not only that, but we actually got into our non-monogamy journey started just before we got pregnant with our second. And then we very quickly got pregnant with our third. (laughs) So we've had long breaks where we haven't been able to do it and have just been thinking and listening to your podcast and uh, been able to digest a lot without the practice, I guess. And probably not practicing because uh, unlike many women, apparently I have no sex drive when I'm pregnant. So, um, I know, you know, for some people that could be quite fun, but, uh, yeah, that, that's definitely been the case. I do think that, um, non-monogamy probably, uh, makes people quite fertile. 
<laughs> that's fine. Anecdotal, that's, anecdotal evidence. Uh, evidence, exactly. Well, that actually, I mean, the idea comes from a pop science book, right? Yeah, yeah. Sperm Wars. Right. Uh, there you go. <laughs> wow. So, that, so how did you, so, <laughs> we'll come back, we'll come back to your fertility in a little bit, Michelle. Great. How, 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 I'm sure that goes well when you're putting it on the website. Hey, we're, we, we use protection, but I'm super fertile. So, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, how did you two get into it a couple of years ago? Right. So um, we, were, we were thinking about this earlier today. Um, so I guess when I, was, uh, when I was single and living in the San Francisco Bay Area, um, I actually went to a couple you know, sex positive, body positive, um, uh, sex parties, um, kinky salon. I don't even know if it exists mm-hmm. anymore. Does it? Okay, great. So I went a couple times when I was single and I had really great experiences when I was there. Uh, and this was probably right before I met Ron. After we met, um, I told him about my experiences and, you know, we were all cool with that. But I think, you know, as we were dating and, you know, after we got married, you would keep asking me about the details of that experience. And I think every time we talked about it, it would be in bed and, you know, we would probably have pretty hot, passionate sex after that. So that was sort of one thing that that um, probably led up led us up to starting to explore. I also, you know, would read a lot of, you know, Esther Perel, Sex at Dawn, things like that. And I just, you know, always in the back of my mind thought like monogamy doesn't quite make sense. Um, But I guess maybe you want to talk about sort of how talking about those experiences made you feel. Well, firstly, I felt very differently about it than you um, from the beginning. I think that I was a relatively jealous person, probably not more than the average person, but you know, I was, I was jealous. So for me, mm-hmm. um, I think the idea of, of being non-monogamous was, was bad. And I even told her, I said, you know, if you cheat on me, that's grounds for divorce. That's, you know, plain and simple. <laughs> um, and I never understood that. <laughs> <laughs> but you knew that marrying me, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, so I you did. sort of agreed to that, that concept. And I really never thought, especially at the beginning of our relationship, that I could, that I even could be non-monogamous. It just, the, the jealousy that I felt over just thinking about um, Michelle with somebody else was pretty overwhelming and in previous relationships as well. Not that I was, you know, the overjealous boyfriend or anything like that, but um, it just, it was not, not something I was open to. But when it is something you were aware of about yourself. Yeah. I was just going to say when you, when we would talk about it though, like you would get those jealous feelings, but you would also tell me that you would get like a boner too. So it was like very confusing for you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's not fair. What's going on? <laughs> well, actually, it's interesting because I think that now we've been in this longer that it, I've I've heard that from other people where they have a similar experience where they feel like they don't like it, but for some reason they're turned on. So um, I guess that was the the first inkling of wait, maybe maybe there's something to this. And you yeah. also like were like you're pretty conservative generally and you grew up pretty conservative too. So I think at the point that we did start exploring it, I think it sort of blew both of our minds. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's a lot of conditioning. Good. Yes, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I was curious, uh, Michelle, really quick, backing up, like what what got you interested? Like the first time you went to a kinky salon party or to any yeah. sex party, like what drew you out to that? Like what was your sort of catalyst for doing that? Yeah, it's a good question. I think, you know, in the Bay Area, there's it, it, it's, you know, generally quite open. Um, and I think at the time you know, I was single and, you know, I'd be casually dating and casually having sex, I guess, but I think I was sort of bored of that. And I, and so then I started just exploring different ways to engage in sexual activity and things that were more novel and more fun. And, um, I'm not sure how I, oh, I do remember. I had a friend who found out about it and I was like, yeah, I'll do that with you. And walking in, you know, I remember being a bit nervous the day of and picking out my outfit and getting ready. Um, but just thinking, you know what? Nobody's putting a gun to my head. I can leave at any point. I'm just going to go and see what it's like. And, you know, I can leave and walk out at any point. But it was actually really, really open and welcoming. And I really, really enjoyed my time there. Yeah. And well, it sounds like you went back a few times, right? Like you, you, you experienced that a few times. Yeah. A couple times. Um, actually it was very funny. Like I think when we first started dating was my second and last time at kinky salon and you had called me late at night. I think it was like, you know, this is probably, you know, before our first date. It was maybe? before our first date. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I knew I liked you already. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a bit of like, you know, friendship, like maybe this is something more. And you had called me late at night. You're like, oh, why don't you come over and hang out? And I was like, trust me, you do not <laughs> want to see me right now. <laughs> um, and I later told you what was what was happening. But yeah, that was uh, <laughs> yeah, that would have been an interesting. Uh, although in hindsight now, maybe I would have liked it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <who knows? laughs> right. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think that's that maybe as actually the second question I had was for Ron, which was you, you sounds like you came from a bit of a conservative background and there was jealousy and you had even admitted like when you got together, like you told her that if she ever cheated, like that was grounds for a divorce. How did, how did you receive the information of like, Hey, I've gone to like a kinky salon party or a sex party a few times. Like, how did that, how did that land for you when you first learned it? Well, I don't think that I knew right in the beginning. I don't think that was in our first few dates, but, um, when we did talk about it, I, I think that it, look, I think it probably spurred a, a little bit of jealous feelings in me. Um, mm -hmm. but I don't think that not in a negative way, at least in the way that I portrayed it to her. So I think I took it in stride and, um, I was curious more than anything. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, to, yeah. look, I, I, when we say that I was conservative, I just, I didn't try a lot of, uh, I mean, I've done my share of things, but, um, <laughs> but I mean, I think in terms of my dating history, mm -hmm. I was more of the boyfriend type, not the, yeah. uh, yeah. not yeah, the one that, yeah, yeah, serial yeah. monogamous. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. not a one night stand guy. Right. I was probably yeah. the opposite of that. <laughs> yeah. No, and that's no judgment. I was just kind of curious, like, cause those two worlds coming together can be, interesting like interesting conversations mm -hmm. and and people having to figure out like okay 
what do we do with this moving forward? And it, it sounds like maybe there was some jealousy, but it wasn't like, uh, well, I could never be with this tramp. Like it was never like a negative. So, Whoa. You know, I just, I'm, I'm projecting. Um, so what happens when you get me early in the morning, my filter's not on yet. Um, no, it was, it, it, I did not feel like that at all. I was, um, it, yeah. I mean, at that, I think the point that we really got, I actually sort of, we were talking about this earlier that when I first started really prying into um, her experiences at Kinky Salon, it was the same weekend where we realized that we both loved each other. Oh, um, that right. Nice? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so I think that, you know, it was in the guise of, of, you know, just essentially realizing that we've fallen in love um, yeah. that we're having these conversations, which probably masked any of, uh, any of those other issues. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I guess, you know, a weekend of where we're falling in love and like being completely open and honest and stuff. Yeah. yeah. That probably goes hand in hand. That's nice. I never yeah. really thought about and that. And it's a lot, and it's a lot sweeter than me calling your wife a tramp. So <laughs> So we'll get back, we'll get past that. And then, uh, so, so, so when you started talking about it in earnest, like what did the, what did the trajectory look like from like, Hey, let's revisit this to like, Hey, let's, let's do this. Right. Yeah. So that was, so that was, um, you know, when we were first dating and then probably about, I would say that about once a year or so, maybe every six months, the conversation would come up in bed, um, usually in revisiting her past experiences and it would always lead to some passionate sex. Mm-hmm. And and then probably... No, no, I, so, yeah, like, so then, you know, we started... I, I, I love Esther Perel. So um, her, her book, uh, Well, Mating in Captivity and also The State of Affairs. And I think um, when I told you about it, you sort of had this idea that she just, um, you know, promotes having affairs and you were very against it. But eventually you read her book. And I think that sort of, you know... It it turned a switch or something. Yeah, it made it less scary for me. Yeah. And then you said to me at one point, you know, if you ever do have an affair, it's okay, but you need to come back and tell me every single detail. And that was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> and I don't know. I don't know where your head was at or why you told me that. But I think also, like, we didn't know that there was this thing called ethical non-monogamy. So we kept framing it as like affairs um did we yeah when when you don't have any other context yeah possibly um i think that so i think what you said is mostly right except that i think it was in you know we were we were actually in this period of trying to get pregnant for two years um and because it took two years it was quite frustrating especially for michelle um it took a big toll on her and i i just remember one day walking around and we were both Sort of, depressed. Um, sort of depressed about that. Um, and, um, and I told you that that's when I told you that, that it's okay if you want to, um, sleep with somebody else and that I just wanted to know all the details. And that tells you sort of, you know, in terms of, I don't know if we, we haven't really talked yet about what our specific dynamic is yet, but, um, we operate in the hot wife stag vixen dynamic mm-hmm. a lot. Um, and that, um, and so a big part of that is that she'll play with others. And I really like to either see it or hear about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that just 
like that's a super vulnerable place to be in to sort of bring that up for the first time like going through that hard trying to get pregnant it's not going well and then to like i don't want to say resort but like to get to that place of like look if you want to do this with somebody else like that's a that's a hard place to like land in a hard time yeah and it's and I think when you're yeah. trying to get pregnant and you're unsuccessful and, you know, you're doing it at a certain time of the month and, you know, it just becomes a chore and sex isn't fun anymore. And I think maybe mm-hmm. that's where our head was at and what you were trying to communicate, maybe. I'm not sure. Yeah, possibly. Um, I think that, uh, you know, if if there's th- this idea of sperm competition also, <laughs> you know, if you go out and you're with somebody else, then it, you know, it my want for you becomes stronger. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's definitely something to it, right? (laughs) Yeah. Well then how did it, how did it move for like, you have this conversation. What are the, like, I imagine that take, how do you receive that Michelle? Cause that's kind of a big, like, what the hell? (laughs) Yeah. I was like, uh, what? Um, so at some point after that, I can't remember the time passed, uh, but you sort of were telling me, you know, it'd be nice if you took me out on a date. Um, and so I did a bit of researching and I basically came back to Ron and I said, you have two options. One, I made a reservation at a nice restaurant so you can go have a nice dinner together. Or two, um, there's a sex party happening and, and we can go do that. So you get to decide what do you want to do? Uh, and he chose the second option. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think, you know, it was very, we did, we probably didn't talk through it enough before we arrived at this sex party. It was sort of, you know, I think Ron wanted to think about, you know, well, what are our boundaries? Like, what if this happens? How are you going to react? How are we going to know about this and that? And I just sort of was like, ah, we'll just see how it goes. It's not a big deal, um, which is probably not the right thing to do. <laughs> well, you, you had been to over one of these in the past. Right. So you're basically a professional. Yeah, I, I will say it was very, very different from Kiki Salon. Um, well, not only that, but doing it single versus doing it in a couple of is a different experience. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, totally. How, and how did that experience go? Thankfully, really good. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, I mean, so it's interesting because, you know, talk about a fish out of water. Um, I think that when we arrived, you know, it's like, okay, everybody come in, take your clothes off. Um, (laughs) and, uh, so, you know, it's, a it, it, not at all what I was used to, obviously. Um, but then I was just shy because everybody seemed to, maybe know each other or whatever. And we didn't really know anybody. So we were just sort of hanging around, having a drink. And, um, we ended up talking to one couple that just sort of approached us and, um, and it ended up that we played a little bit with them that night. Yeah. Um, but, but I think what, how it sort of started was they, you know, were playing on, on one side of the bed and, you know, we sat down and we started making out on the other side of the bed and then Ron sort of just takes my hand and guides it towards the other guy. And I was like, oh, uh, okay, we're, <laughs> we're doing this. Because <laughs> well, he, he was sort of rubbing your shoulder yeah. or something like that. There was no communication. It was not like <laughs> it, it was not, not between couples. Not yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And looking yeah. back in hindsight, it's like, oh, my God, you know, we broke every single rule. <laughs> But you don't know at that point, right? You're like, we're, and you're like, you're like freaking out. Everything's coursing through your body. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's crazy. There's a lot going on. There's yeah. a lot going on. But it was, And so that night that night went well. Yeah, that night went well. And um when we came home, like, you know, we were really into each other as well. We brought the energy back and we did a lot of debriefing afterwards as well. So yeah, all in all, I think it was a really positive experience. Yeah. And I, I think after that point too, we were like, well, well, at first you were, you were sort of like, well, I guess we're swingers now. But we had to unpack like what we enjoyed about the experience, maybe what we thought could have gone better. Um, are we going to go to similar parties like that in the future? What do we want to explore? But I definitely think it sort of blew the cap off of like, you know, what we were before. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we yeah it was we were a big different people pivotal point for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and I think that that you know it was at that party where I realized that I really enjoyed watching her play mm-hmm. um, because I mean that was the main thing I said afterwards. I said you know this was really fun and I had a great time, but what I really missed out of all of it was I didn't get to watch you enough, and I didn't even I didn't I don't think I really knew that 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 mattered to me or it was important to me. Um, but I definitely did after that. And so that led us to our next experience, which was, which was with a single guy. Right. And that was probably a less good experience, but you know, just circumstances and probably we rushed into it. I know you guys talk about on your, on your podcast a lot about like having this, um, sort of this inclination just to jump for the the first thing that, that you see. And that was probably our rookie mistake as well. Yeah. We've learned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the like scarcity mindset, they're like, oh, somebody's asking us, we have to do it now because it'll never happen again. And then like, I think what the irony there is always that like people jump into something that's not good. And then that, that, that sort of skews their mindset and then they don't want to do it again because mm-hmm. it wasn't a good experience. Right. And it, so yeah, I, I can totally get, I mean, that was what we did for a very long time. And I don't yeah. know why the hell we're still doing this. We had so many like, <laughs> We had so many bad experiences at the beginning, and then we just kept coming back and coming back. Try it so. again. Try yeah. it again. You persevered. Again. Appreciate your tenacity. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. tenacity. Yeah, you knew there was something so, there, something special, right? Yeah, right. All, all in the name of the podcast that we didn't know what's going to happen <laughs> ten years later. So those, as you were, <laughs> I don't mean to cut you off. You're good. It's probably needed. As as you're going through this change of okay, we went to this first sex party, then you had another experience. Like what, what is going on in your relationship? What, I guess, what challenges are you running into in that transition? Uh, well, I kept getting pregnant was the problem. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they weren't even having sex. She was just, what the fuck? I'm pregnant again. <laughs> I mean, it was nuts because literally for two years we'd been trying to get pregnant and there were, you know, two sort of miscarriage or failed pregnancies. And then, mm-hmm. and then, literally a month after our first experience, she's pregnant. So I promised Ron is the father. (laughs) The second and third kid, I promise. So (laughs) I haven't done a test yet, but pending. Um the uh (laughs) um what was I gonna say here? Sorry. That's okay. She was super she was super fertile. Right. So we are super excited about all of it at this point. And, yeah. um, you know, we had our first experience. We're gung ho. This is where we probably find your podcast and a few other podcasts. And we start just eating up information. 
right? I mean, I, I think we're still in that phase three years later, but um, just constantly, constantly devouring whatever we can. And but then she's pregnant, and uh, and I'm lose interest. <laughs> yeah, so she's not as interested. But you know, for me especially, I'm like, ah, come on. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had to wait nine months. Well, longer than that, really. Um, but it's tough to do tough to do hot wifing without your wife. Uh, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that so that puts a damper on things for a couple of months. Well, let's call it a year. What? How do you come back? How do you come back out of that? Like, did well, did she it, got pregnant again? Well, well there, there was there was a little bit of time in between. I mean, very little time. I had two. Like COVID a month. It was like basically. two weeks. <laughs> Um, but yeah, between, between babies, I think, you know, we got onto field and we, we met a couple guys that way and had a a couple like positive experience as well. I think we also, from our, our earlier mistake, we didn't just jump at the next guy. Um, so Mm -hmm. a bit more picky around that. Um, we also, in Melbourne, there's a, um, a few different sort of, what do you call them? Sex clubs. Sex clubs. There you go. Um, so we, we visited those and also had a couple good experiences, yeah, we, yeah. I think. Um, so yeah, we just sort of got into it. I think now, um, also given the practicality of our life, um, oftentimes I'll go meet a single guy out, see if there's any vibes, any chemistry, and then sort of, if that's the case, then maybe we'll, we'll set up a second date afterwards and, and have a play there. Um, and that's sort of worked well for us. We've also met up with a couple um, couples as well. If there's, we find sort of a four way connection. Yeah. Um, but for the moment, I think it's been mostly sort of one offs. Not to say that we wouldn't be interested in sort of more um, consistent meetups with the same person. It's just, you know, I think it has to all make sense and feel right. Yeah. 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 yeah, I think what's really interesting is the like you had the the sex party experience and then sort of a not so great single male experience. And then you took a year off, but then it was like the fire kept going for you both. Even mm-hmm. like even though on your side, Michelle, like you kind of shut down libido wise, it sounds like it came back and you both kind of came back like, hey, we're just picking up right where we left off. So like I I think that's impressive. And <laughs> I don't know, like maybe for, for, for any like women listening who are like either going through pregnancy or have gone through it or are thinking about it, like how for you, and again, I know everyone probably varies, but like, did it bounce back pretty quick? It just kind of like turns off and then turns back on. I, I think, yes, actually for me personally, it took a few months. Yeah. I mean, yes. Once you get through the whole newborn stage, but definitely like, yeah, it it just turned back on for me. I think, um, you know, you do get some of the, I guess, feeling of being touched out and definitely Mm -hmm. my boobs are off limits for, you know, like the first couple Mm -hmm. months while I'm breastfeeding. Um, and I know Ron, hates that because he's like when can I have your boobs back <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh but yeah I think I think it really is just the pregnancy hormones where I'm like no no thank you and then once I'm the baby's out like I'm I'm happy to get back into it again um yeah uh, yeah yeah I appreciate it mm-hmm. and look I'm I sure that I, I think that your experience is probably different and it 
every woman has a different experience with that, right? So Right. Some women love sure. sex while they're pregnant. I'm like, I don't understand it, but that's like a thing too, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. Weird stuff yeah. happens to your body. When and we have pregnant. found out that a lot of men like to have sex with pregnant women. Right. So if you are pregnant out there, um, there's plenty of men out there <laughs> for you. Plenty, plenty of hot wife and experiences to be had. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how... Uh, there was that transition, I guess. It, there's been multiple transitions, I guess, as, as the two of you have explored this. Because well, then they got to shut it down again. Yeah. So I mean, right. basically, six or we got pregnant six months after after the second baby. So you know, we had very a very short window in there. Right. So I got pregnant quickly, but also lockdowns were happening. Oh, yeah. And if you guys know, like Melbourne had some of the longest lockdowns Strictest. in the world longest and strictest. So, you know, between babies and between lockdowns, it was very sporadic, but you know, when I was up for it and when we were able to, like, we definitely, we definitely went out there and explored. So yeah, it was, it was very off and on, honestly. Yeah. But I think like, you know, it was the mind mindset shift, you know, I think after that first experience, we were like, yeah, we're just ethically non monogamable. Yeah. <laughs> Monogamous. <you know>? Not <laughs> monogamable. <laughs> I love it. And and so where does that leave you two now? Because we actually didn't cover that yet. Where where what is your relationship dynamic at the moment and what does it look like? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I think that that overall we are, you know, sort of stag vixen hot life. Um dynamic but we also swing and we also meet up with couples and uh there's no reason it has to be just one right um (laughs) i think that i you know on a personal level i have found that the the hot wifing experience probably does more for me than it does for her which i'm happy to oblige that's not a problem um which is which is a weird thing, you know, that, you know, her going out and having sex with somebody else, um, does more for me. And it's, it's almost like an addiction. It's such a strange feeling that, um, that I get from her having these experiences, but, um, yeah. We definitely like for you, it's like a kink, like you can't get enough for me. It's like, yeah, this is fun. This is great. But I don't, I don't feel the same like fire, I think that you do. And I sort of wish I could find something like that for myself, but maybe I just haven't gotten there yet. Yeah. It, it sort of, for me, it sort of feels like I've fetishized jealousy in a way. I, I don't know if that's even the right way to put it, but it, it just, I feel like it's sort of a similar feeling to when I used to feel jealous at times, but because there's, there's definitely an anxiousness, anxiousness when Michelle is out on a date, um, you know, waiting to hear what happens and, and all of that if I'm not there. Um, but it turns into a, you know, a huge positive, not, not, not a fight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You yeah. just have to like get through that, that anxiety in the moment there of, uh, of, of the, uh, embrace the uncomfortable feelings maybe. Yeah. I mean, that's ex- <laughs> absolutely. It's, it's definitely uncomfortable, but in a, I mean, I don't know. Is what what's what's positive anxiety? That's that's <laughs> excitement. 
excitement. Yeah. Excitement. Excitement. Yeah. But it's different. It's because <laughs> it it yeah. feels like anxiety more than it does excitement. Right. But it is positive. It's such a strange yeah. feeling. And I think like my last experience also, I was away on business. And so it took me a while to get back to you. And I think there was a lot of buildup and anxiety around that for you. Cause it wasn't like I was coming home that night, you well, know, right. and you were out of the country and in a different time zone. And yeah. Um, <laughs> right. So even more so, but I, so I, how, I think, how, how, sorry, I was just oh, going to say, how did that compare? Yeah, go ahead, Michelle. And then how did that compare? I guess. Well, so I was just going to say that, you know, with, you know, the online stuff and field and, you know, it's great because you can sort of swipe and, you know, you know, find people, but there is something about just randomly meeting somebody and the spontaneity, spontaneity of it all that I quite enjoy. And I think also that's in my, in theory, that's why I like sex clubs because you don't know what's going to happen when you show up and it's all sort of, you know, up in the air and there's a bit of excitement around that. Um, but Practically, we probably, I don't know, we probably like it less. I, I, I'm not sure sort of, you know, what works best. I think at the moment we're just sort of doing the the apps and things like that. But I do like, there's something about like having the date and having sort of a spontaneous, like spontaneous, 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 thank you, encounter that I quite enjoy. Yeah. And is that what happened on the work trip? Yeah. Well, Ish. It was a, a friend of a friend, actually. Um, and so a, a bit, you know, there was a bit of banter back and forth. Um, and I think uh, he knew what our circumstances were. So it was like, oh, well, show me around, right? Maybe we can go out, you know, uh, party, uh, paint the paint the town red. And so there was a bit of a, you know, maybe something will happen, maybe something won't happen. And that was quite a good experience. Yeah. And how did it, I guess, with the different time zones being out, not being able to come back together that night, like how did that? Was that out? maybe different than other experiences? Yeah. For you, the two of you. Yeah. I mean, well, it's hard for me because when I'm, <laughs> when I'm, when I know that she's on a date and don't know what's going on, there's no chance I can sleep. Um, so, <laughs> so did you not sleep for two days? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I'm trying to remember exactly what the time zone deal was then, but I remember it was like getting late and I was like, well, tell me what's going on. It's like 6am for you and it's getting late for me. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it was, and there was a lot of giddiness afterwards. And I think you appreciate that. Like you, I mean, obviously you like to hear all the details and you get a lot out of that, but I was like, really giddy after that experience and I think you enjoyed seeing me like that as well yeah 100 percent. I mean like in in every way you have to enjoy it for it to be good right sure yeah yeah I love that and I think maybe it brings back sort of an interesting question like you said Ron that like you maybe get a little more out of this than Michelle does but Michelle you you clearly seem to enjoy it like what is your like what is your draw to ENM? Like if you were to create your sort of utopia, what would that look like? Yeah. Uh, good question. I, I mean, I, what would that look like? I honestly am not sure. Like I, I think I would like an ongoing um, thing with another male and mostly because like, I just don't have the mental capacity and the energy to keep dating and, you know, swiping on the apps. And 
um, it's just like a, a bit mentally draining and I do have sort of a high demand job. So it's, it's hard to, it's hard to make time, but I do feel like it's important and I, and we both want it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think I, at the moment am really enjoying this space and where we're at now. Um, if there was a more reoccurring thing, I wouldn't mind that just cause I think it's probably, it would probably be easier. I don't know how you feel about that, Ron, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of happy with where we're at now. It's like mostly, you know, single guys, but we throw in some couples in there every once in a while. And I think like that fills my cup. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I think, and do the, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say that, um, for Michelle, you know, we, we talk about this a lot, how, you know, I've really found the thing that, that, mm-hmm. that, that lights my fire, um, with all this. And, and, you know, when, when you're, when you're doing a lot of research in, in the sex space, you see that so many people are really into some type of kink and, mm-hmm. um, you know, whether it's bondage or, or Shabari or whatever it is and where, where it does a, it does a lot for them. Um, mm-hmm. and that's certainly what the hot wifing does for me, but it doesn't do the exact same thing for Michelle. Um, she obviously really enjoys it because she gets to go in and, uh, <laughs> and have sex with new people, which is something that she likes to do. But, um, but it's not, it, it doesn't occupy the same space. Yeah. 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 And, you know, I think that's something that we've come up against where trying to find that, like, what is your thing? Like, what's that thing that like grabs you and like gets you revved up and going. And, you know, I think there's probably just some element that like, maybe some people don't have that or they have it to a lesser degree or it, or it takes them a very long time to find it. Um, yeah. So, but it doesn't make the other experiences bad. It's no. just, yeah, there's a, me just a different intensity. Level, yeah. Intensity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. And so, and so as you've done this, besides pregnancies and, and the light and the COVID, like what have been some of the, like, challenges you two have come up against as you've kind of gone in and out of this over the the last couple of years? Yeah. Uh, that's a, that's one of the questions that we hadn't really thought about. (laughs) 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 I mean, I think, you know, one of the challenges is, is just finding the right people. I think from, you know, when you're looking at it from a swinging perspective, finding a four way connection is even harder. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think that's one reason why we, we don't focus as much on that as we do on the hot wifing, just because finding a four-way connection, I mean, I don't think that we've had a proper four-way connection yet in a swinging experience, right? One of us has sort of a better time than the other, um, yeah. which is fine because I think that we, we accept that and we say, okay, well, it's fine. We had a good, ex- a good enough experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but with hot wifing, um, we have the opportunity where, you know, it's just, it's really, she has to find one person. <laughs> so yeah. it makes that, it, it just, it's logistically, it's a lot easier. Right. I was thinking more of challenges between you and I, but I feel like we've been really good at communicating and we haven't really had many issues or troubles um, around that. I think 
you know, sometimes in my head and also thinking about how Ron was in, you know, many years past, sometimes it still blows my mind. I'm like, really? You really want me to go out and be with men? And like, it it just, when I sit down and think about it, I'm like, wow, how did I get so lucky? (laughs) And it it just sort of blows my mind. I have to like pinch myself. And I often, I'll check in a lot because I think there is a bit of like uh, disbelief still. Um, so I do check in, check in a lot. And yeah, I, I, from that perspective, I don't think we've come across many challenges yet. Yeah, I think we've, I think we've been pretty happy with our journey so far. Yeah. I love that. Well, and maybe on the flip side of that coin then is how have you two seen the, other, like, how has each of you seen the other person maybe grow and it kind of Michelle, you let on a little bit there, but maybe if, if either of you have other ways that you've seen the other person sort of come into their own. Yeah. I mean, I think for Ron, he's just like, it's, it's completely opened his mind to what's possible and also just allows you to question other societal norms. I think Um, for both of us, really, it's like, you know, we're, we've been so conditioned to like finding your one and, you know, the whole like relationship escalator and sort of this is what you do and being with that one and only till you die and, and just like knowing that this is possible and it can actually work. Um, I think has been, I'm assuming quite, you know, mind blowing to you. Um, but yeah, I probably never would have imagined you being so open to such a thing. You know, five years ago, I definitely wouldn't have either. I mean, I'm, I think I'm as surprised as anybody. Um, (laughs) uh, yeah, I, I, I would have, if you told me five, 10 years ago that I'd be into this and doing this, and this is our relationship style, I would have been like, no fucking way. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, not a chance, but you know, here we are. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I love that. I'm just curious, though, like, Ron, if you can talk a little bit about, like, your personal journey in that. And I know we talked before we started recording, like, you struggle with a little bit of shame around it still. And, like, if you're open to talking about that and just sort of, like, what you think happened for you that that got you to this place. Yeah, sure. So, um, I mean, the whole shame piece of it, it's not actual shame that I feel for myself. It's perceived Mm -hmm. shame from other people. Um, Societal. Societal, yeah. And so I think one of the challenges, I mean, if if we are talking about challenges, one of the challenges is that we have found something that is so amazing for us right now, and we can't talk to very many people about it. Um, And it's not that we can't, because of course we could, but um, so I've told two of my best friends about it, and their reactions have been, oh, I couldn't do that. Um, it's like what they jump to. Yeah, and it's amazing weird. to me how it's less about curiosity and more about, um, oh, I couldn't do that, um, sort of a defensiveness, um, which I find interesting. And certainly not everybody that we've spoken to about it is that way. But I think the, the main thing is is that I don't tell people what our specific dynamic is if we do have a conversation about non-monogamy because – I understand. I know what I probably would have, the first thought that would have come to my mind if somebody had told me that that's the type of relationship style they're in. Sorry. And so I I just, I don't feel comfortable 
being public about how we are non-monogamous, I guess. And really, I have I don't feel shame for myself at all. It's really just a perception of how other people would view it if I told them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And I don't have the capability to educate people enough for, to bring them around, you know, maybe to a few important people in my life. Sure. But, um, generally it's not, it's just not an easy conversation to have. So that being said, whenever we are in situations where we are with other people who are non-monogamous, that's great because then I can talk about it, um, and relate to people better that way. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, when we, we have told a few friends and I think when we tell them there's one of three reactions, one is, Oh, I could never do that. They always sort of project onto themselves for some reason. Uh, two, they ask a lot of questions at that point in time, but then they never ask about it again, which is a bit yeah. weird. Um, and then the third is, you know, the more positive experience where they're, you know, asking about it and very interested and they're like, you do you, that's great. Um, but it, it is, it is interesting and probably like the, the three reactions that we get isn't always, we don't always sort of expect it from those particular people as well. Um, the reaction is surprising. You never know what you're going to get. And I think because it's now such a big part of our lives, I mean, really it's a defining characteristic in our relationship at this point. It's strange that we can't be open with everybody about it. I want to, I want to shout it on the mountaintops. (laughs) I think it's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I love that. I, I love that it's become such a big part of your lives. And like, mm-hmm. it seems like it's really bonded you two closer together. And I, I also run, I talked over top of you when you were going to tell us all the amazing ways that this has impacted Michelle and that you've seen her grow. And I, I cut you off before you had a chance to do that. So I want to make sure you do before, <laughs> before we go on to the next topic. Well, sure. Well, I mean, I feel that, um, that Michelle has probably always you know, I think knowing that she went to sex clubs and I think she was in a bit of a journey at that time before we were dating, um, sort of figuring out more about herself sexually. I think that this has really given her the opportunity to, uh, blossom in that way. Um, and you know, she gets to try more things, be more honest, um, and, um, and open herself up in a way that, that maybe was, uh, restricted to me. (laughs) I also, I I feel like I get a lot of validation in terms of like feeling attractive, um, to other men. And, um, you know, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, mama still got it, you know, (laughs) which is a nice feeling to have after like being married for nearly 10 years and having three kids, you know, you start to have these self doubts. So to know that you're still attractive and, and, people want to, you know, be sexual with you feels nice. Yeah. 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 And I was going to ask about that too. It's like, how, how has this journey kind of like impacted, um, your, I guess it's easy with three, I, we do not have children, so it's hard. I, but I know it's easy with three young kids to get very sucked into being a mom, all of that. And so how, how has this kind of helped you find more who like, adult Michelle again sometimes? Right. It's a really good question. I think after um, our first kid, 
I realized that me time is very precious. I think before having kids, you sort of like procrastinate on your hobbies or you get lazy and you're like, yeah, I'll do that later. But when you have kids, your time is no longer your own. So you have to carve out the time and make sure you you do what you are really passionate about or what you really want to do during that me time. And we're really good about giving each other that space. Um, and so that just, you know, this, uh, you know, ethical non-monogamy fits in within sort of our priorities. Right. So we, we make the time and we make the space, but yeah, I, I think it's just important to us. Um, important to, to us being adults and, also, I was thinking about it in a way that, you know, that like, this is really the only thing that I can really think of where it's like adults can just play again. You know, we call it play dates, but really it's like, you know, letting loose and being creative with your sexuality and, you know, just exploring and you don't really have a lot of outlets like that as an adult. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I think it's really important and we make time for it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I love the, you know, I think people use the, the the term play and for probably a lot of different reasons, but I think like you just kind of pointed out, like it is, it's like you're in a sandbox and you're playing around and you're like, let's, I don't know, let's try it like this tonight and let's maybe make this little adjustment and then we'll talk about it afterwards and see like, did we both like it? Did, did one of us like it? Like, what can we do different? And I think, you know, cause we've done a fair bit of this ourselves and like, each time is a little bit of an experiment and it's just kind of like, it's fun. And you, you go into it excited, you come out of it excited and thinking about like, Oh, how can we do it again? What, what's the next time look like? Mm-hmm. And yeah, mm-hmm. I totally get that. Yeah. yeah. I also think it's important to like say, because people don't get to see you too, like we do, but you haven't stopped smiling since we got on here, Michelle. So I don't know <laughs> if, if that's like an everyday all day thing, or if that's just cause we're talking about, what we're talking about, but I think it was important to share that. Thank you. So. I do smile a lot, but maybe a bit more when I'm nervous too. So. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. 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 I love that. So, well, thank you both for sharing everything you've, you've shared so far. It's been fun learning about it and hearing how you two tackle it. So, yeah. yeah. Is there anything else that either of you wanted to get out there? No, I, I'm not. I don't think so. Do you have anything? I, I don't have any specific agenda that I came here with, but uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we could we could always ask you to how how you stay safe because I think maybe that's a good one that um, yeah. I think you know it's something that that Emma has gone out way not way in the past, but you know years ago she would go out on her own, and there is a little bit of fear and trepidation there, and I know that's like probably a little bit of patriarchy, like oh this dainty little lady can't handle herself out there in the world. But like, how do you two keep each other safe, keep yourself safe? And, and even as a couple, like exploring this. Yeah. Uh, that's a good question. Do you look at like my, do you track yeah. my phone? So I, yeah. I, I use a phone, like the, you know, the iPhone tracker to, um, yeah. and, and then she I'll always, text, she checks in you, a few yeah. times, um, throughout the evening to make sure yeah. Um, and like generally like just mm-hmm. gut feeling to, uh, I feel like mm-hmm. I'm pretty good about that just to, to make sure, you know, like I'm not, um, I don't feel like something's off in terms of safety in that way. Um, yep. in terms of play, like always using condoms really. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. The, the typical stuff. <laughs> um, Michelle, do you do, do you do most of the communication and like 
Ron, you don't even necessarily like interact with the other person often. And you're just sort of checking in with Michelle, like, how are you feeling about it? Is this going forward? Like, how, how do you two handle that communication piece? Of it? Yeah, um, that's a good question, too. Um, generally, that's how it is. It didn't start out that way, actually. I think we started using um, some, you know, more swinger sites before mm-hmm. to find people. And we found yeah. we I, I think that Michelle really didn't like that. And we also didn't find very good quality through those websites. Um, mm-hmm. And so then we started using field. Um, and that's what much more one-on-one anyways. You can you can do group conversations, but um, she mostly does that. Um, she connects with people and just tells me about it. Right. And I think like before, like you would, you know, you would come to meet the person and you might be involved when we actually would set up a play date, I think. But yeah. just practically, I think I go out on my own and, you know, you're just like, send me a naughty text, you know, or like send me a, you know, naughty picture and, you know, and come back and tell me all the all the gritty details and you know i think that's been working for us yeah. so far yeah i mean we only started with you playing on your own recently um before that it was always i was i would be there when when it was a play date but but like also there there haven't like we've talked about it a few times but there haven't been like rules or boundaries around you know how i'm playing or you know what what is expect like what what I don't know what I'm trying to say, but there, there aren't really many rules around like me going out with uh, a single male and what I'm allowed or not allowed to do. I don't know if we want to say it in those terms, but no, I probably want you to do more than you do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's a good point, though. It's not uh, like. It sounds like it's not like, okay, you're out tonight. I need these seven photos and a video that's at least 25 seconds long. Like, you don't go out with, like, a homework assignment that you have to come home with. No, although I do I do appreciate those things. Um, and it's yeah. sort of funny because the last couple of experiences, oh she had the intention of doing them and just totally fucked it up. I, I, I turned the camera the wrong way, so it was, like, filming the wall. <laughs> So I have I have a thirty minute um, sound bite, um, which is which is actually very interesting, but um, <laughs> still it wasn't what the intention no. was. <laughs> and I think the other time you uh, you pressed you ended the recording when you meant to start the oh, recording. Oh no! <laughs> so yeah, we're dealing with technical issues more so than like any sort of. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, I love it. I mean, I think that, uh, (laughs) I I mean, talking about the, that aspect of it, I think that a big part of this is, is that, you know, she's, uh, basically become, you know, my personal porn star. Um, and so if I'm there, I might take some video, um, or photos. Um, and if I'm not there, she might be able to get some, but you know, that part is, you know, that's pretty precious to me actually. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's a piece that lets you like be a part of the experience, even though you're not technically part of the experience or physically part of the experience. I think you are technically part of the experience. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm curious though, like how do those experiences then now contrast or compare with experiences with other couples? Like for both of you, I guess. So this is like, Michelle, you're now seeing him with potentially another partner. Yeah. And now, 
Ron, you're a bit more distracted, and now you're like, ah, where's my? I don't know. I'm I'm projecting now. I'm just you're projecting to, based on your I know, experience. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> you need to get the video right so I can still experience this later because I'm busy over here. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I think when we have been with couples, it, ha- it has been a bit uneven, unbalanced. So probably the last couple that we were with, you had a better experience than I did that time. Um, and like seeing, like, I never like feel jealous at all. Um, it's quite fun. And I get to see like different angles too. And I'm like, oh, that's nice. I haven't seen that part of you before. <laughs> um, so it is definitely fun in that way. Um, I will say the last time, even though I wasn't jealous, I did feel a bit inadequate a bit. I don't know. If I, that's the word that I keep, you know, coming up with. And it, the reason why is like, she was over here, like, you know, having an orgasm every two seconds. And the guy that I was with was working really hard. <laughs> I was just, <laughs> I wasn't getting there. And I was like, oh, wow. You know, like not jealous, but I'm just not comparing. <laughs> Well, I mean, I understand, but you know, it's just it's different. Uh, you and yeah, her are just yeah. very different in that way, but um. right. Yeah, well, and that's the getting out of your own head is sometimes the hardest part of like, don't let's, let me not compare this right now. It doesn't like, but you have to sometimes tell yourself that, yeah. like, don't 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 go to the comparison point because there's no like that's not going to do any good. Yeah. But it's really it's really hard. Yeah, for, yeah sure. for sure. But I mean, we've like even if it has felt unbalanced in terms of attraction and enjoyment, I think we've still like mostly when we've been with couples, they've all been like fairly positive experiences. Yeah, they've been nice people and we've had a good time. Yeah. Well, you know, even if sexually wasn't the best experience for one of us, it was still a good time. Yeah, for um, sure. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, I think also like just in contrasting did the different experiences. Now that you're going on dates and playing on your own, even without me, I think that you probably like that better because you don't feel like you're putting on a show so much for me, right? right? I mean, so you're able to let loose and enjoy yourself a little bit more than you did if I were just sitting there sort of watching or maybe participating a little bit, but... um, Yeah, yeah, definitely. It just feels a bit more natural. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, I I think we've slowly gotten to that point and I think we both feel comfortable with that um that dynamic so yeah well i'm excited to see how it continues to evolve because you never know yeah yeah i mean i imagine it will we're we're only at the beginning of our journey so uh right you know who knows what's to come years ahead yeah i love it well we can let you go but one because i know we know it's late there but i have one final question and you've kind of already shared one sort of blooper around facing the camera the wrong way and we know we know we know you two listen to the show so if you have another blooper that you would love to share with us we would of course love it but no uh no pressure so we do have sort of a blooper from our it's from our very first experience um so we when we went to the party i mean there's a couple pieces to this but when we went to the party we had a good friend of ours uh babysitting for us um and we we're not open about what we were doing. doing. So she we said we were going to a movie, which meant that we had a time limit when we had to get home. And also we felt bad having her stay up till, you know, two, three, four in the morning until we came home. So we were like, we'll be home. I don't know what we said. One, I think 12, said, yeah. 12, 31, whatever it was. So we knew we sort of had a time limit and you know, the way these things work, it takes time for things to develop when you go to these parties. Right. And there's our first party too. So we're not just jumping straight into it. Um, so 
we're with this couple and we're having a good time. Um, and then the other guy loses his condom inside of Michelle. Um, and so there's sort of an oh shit moment there for a second. So I go and I fish it out. And then we run to the bathroom just to, you know, clean up or whatever. And then we bolted because we realized how late it was. And we felt really bad afterwards because we're like, oh, we didn't even, we barely even said goodbye to them. They probably think that we were mortified because of the lost condom and whatever. But um, really, we were just really late and had to get. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't want to explain to the babysitter what was going on. Right. (laughs) Eventually, I did, actually. I was like, remember that time you babysat for us? Well, what we were actually doing. I love that. Well, and, and hopefully they're listening and they now know that, like, it wasn't personal. You just had to get home because your movie was over. Right. <laughs> exactly. That's it. Uh, yeah. 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 That's, I mean, that's a scary, that's a scary thing to happen on your first yeah. experience doing this. So I, I give you a lot of credit for like weathering that. That's a, that's a big one. Mm-hmm. That's a tough one. Yeah. I think like it was a bit, awkward, um, you know, fishing the condom out and that whole thing. But I don't think that scared us away in any way. We're still here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thank you for sharing the blooper and thank you for everything that you've shared uh, and for staying up late too. We appreciate it and we're excited to get this out there. Yeah. So. Yeah. Thank you both. And if there's nothing else, we'll give you one final opportunity to share anything you haven't shared, and then we can let you get along with your night. Yeah, no, just a huge thank you. We obviously listened to the podcast, so appreciate everything that that you have put out there. Um, obviously, we've gotten a lot out of it, and it's sort of guided us uh, um, through our journey as well. So big thank you for, um, for doing what you do and having us on. Appreciate it. Yes, thank awesome. you. Of course. Well, thank you for coming on and giving back. Like, I think that's one of our favorite things about this is there's people that get a ton out of this, like you two just said. And then you have the opportunity to come and like give it right back to somebody else because you are now you are now somebody else's sort of like beacon of like, oh, this is how we can do hot wifing and swinging our own way. So I love that. So thank you. Awesome. Thank yeah. you. Well, have a wonderful evening and talk soon have a great day and we're back thank you michelle and ron for sharing your story and coming on and talking with us it was wonderful and we're excited to get it out there so thank you again and again i'm sorry (laughs) finn's gonna be apologizing for ever and ever (laughs) and ever and i'm sorry for that all right oh my gosh Anyway, before we let you go, we want to just run through a couple quick community announcements. Head on over to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com, and while you're there, there's lots of things that you can do. You can sign up for our Patreon community that's growing every single day by using the Patreon button, and you can also sign up for our upcoming virtual meet and greet, September 27th. These are open to anyone that wants to join. You just must be respectful and open-minded, so we'd love to have you join us. You can also grab a shirt, a Give Love shirt. We were rocking those at the meet and greet, as were a bunch of other people, and they're amazing. Again, links to find that are on our homepage. 
and you can sign up for the premium subscription if you already aren't. Again, links are on our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com to do all of these things. And of course, you can always send us a voicemail or an email. We would love to hear from you and you will hear from us. Next week, we have an interview with Yana, which is amazing. So come back and listen. It is. It's a throwback to when Emma had COVID. <laughs> it did, yes. We did the recording of this, this next episode when I had COVID. So it, I wasn't the most energetic. It's all good. <laughs> we will see everybody in a week. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and enjoy your weekend. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening.